Hello and welcome to the top of the card. This is your main event with a one hour time limit. It's uh, it's five of us, as always, once again. We haven't had to have a skip with anybody, even though that was part of our plan to have five of us. And thankfully, it's been all good for, I think, ten or so now. It's It's been pretty good. But uh, I am Scott, one of your co-hosts here, and you can follow us at Top of the Card Pod. Let's get that part of the way and then go around to our, our five here. Four plus one. Jonathan C.T. Martin is here. How are you? Uh, I'm doing quite good. Excited to talk about wrestling. Yeah, a lot happened since last time. Uh, we'll yeah. we'll dive in. We've we've got a list, believe it or not. Here, uh, Red, how are you here? I'm good. I've had a long day. Been up since four a.m., but I'm sticking through it. Sticking through it. Well, we'll make sure to get you before you you die out, like Bear Me almost did that one time. Speaking of Bear Me, Jesus, how you doing? I'm doing really good. I got a new mic, so let's talk some wrestling. It's it's sounding good. Sounding nice and clear. We're good to go. And GMSG, the sorry, the GMSG. How are you? I'm doing great. Ready for two weeks of shows at the weekends. <laughs> yeah, it's it's getting busy. Uh, if you want to follow along with our wrestling prediction league, that's the Frontline Prediction League, uh, Frontline League on Twitter, and you can follow along with the Discord. You'll find that stuff all as well. But we talk about the real wrestling here at Top of the Card. And normally we talk about some big news, then we segue through some stuff and have fun with New Japan. We're going to start with that because CT, we've got a new world champion for the IWGP World Heavyweight title in New Japan. The third. The third yeah. one. We had a, we've had. we already had two champions, a vacancy, and a third one now. And the title started All what? starting this podcast, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It happened all during. Um, now, this, this happened. This is my favorite part. It happened at Dominion 6-6 in Osaka Joe Hall on 6-7, because yep. yep. that's that's a thing. Like, I've seen the logos and everything. It's like, guys, you couldn't you couldn't have changed it? No. Uh, but Okada didn't win. Everybody kind of no. seemed like it was like, LOL, Roman Shocked. wins, right? That's That seemed to be what it was. But they went with Shigo Takagi. This is good. Is this yeah. his first world title? Did he win the IWGP before? No. First he, world title he in was, New Japan. He was open weight, right? The never... Yeah, he was never open weight, and then he was, uh, yeah, never open weight was his biggest accomplishment so far. So, yeah, quite big. I mean, it's considering the tradition of doing new champs, you know, Kota Ibushi, Will Ospreay, him, all first title reigns, first world title reigns. So, mm-hmm. they're definitely building the future. But no, it's a good match. Shingo has killed it this year. He's had match of the year contenders with Cobb and Tanahashi and Ospreay and Okada already this year. So, I mean,. Yeah, it's great for him. You know, I did not expect it, but well-deserved. Can't be mad at it. Next up is Cobb, right? He and Ibushi faced off? Yes, they did, and they had a fucking stellar match, but Ibushi won. So it's actually going to be Ibushi versus Shingo, but I imagine we're going to get Cobb soon. They've really elevated Cobb in, like, the past month, and he, you know, definitely, I would say, is becoming a main event talent, which is great to see, because Cobb is, you know, I think everyone would agree, pretty awesome. Now, good stuff. Now, I'm going to say, that belt... It looks good on Takagi, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, it looked good on Osprey too. It, it looked, did. you know, like what? I, <laughs> I might have came on this podcast and might have ranted a little bit too early about it. Oh, I, I did think too. it looks pretty good. I think it looks pretty good. I'll so, say that. So the the problem was Ibushi. I did say, well, number one, it was how really how he held it. Yeah. I will say, I said this title would be good because it would have the best matches of the year going for it, and that has happened so far. So that helps, obviously. Now, uh, New Japan has been dealing with, obviously, the COVID issues in Japan. Uh, they, like, they had to delay it because they couldn't hold the event on, they on got, June 6th. They all got COVID. They did, yeah. And except for, you know, what, Nagata and a few others who were in America. Yeah. Which you would have yeah. thought would have been the iffy stuff being in those states. But, yeah, they were fine. Um, I'm convinced they sent the old guys over just to get their vaccines over here while they could. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, they've got COVID, but they're back. And I, you know, I was really interested actually how they played into that on the show itself because yeah. AEW ignored it, right? And they legally obviously can't say unless they want to, right? But like AEW ignored it, didn't say anyone had COVID until like month after where they were like, oh yeah, everyone got COVID, FYI. WWE mentioned McIntyre, but then they showed him like as the beast coming back. I think this is the first company I've seen to really say like, oh no, like these people who had COVID have like genuine like lung issues and they might not be able to go 30 minutes and that could play into the story of the match, which I was not expecting, but I do really enjoy. So that was good. Now to, to pivot off that, cause I'm pretty sure nobody else watched the, the new Japan show. So I'm not going to go around the room for that one, but 
we do have y'all are sleeping y'all are sleeping well usually because it's on at three in the morning yes they are <laughs> you don't need that shit on <laughs> now with with that though there has been some rumors that link new japan over to wwe we're going to talk about that first here uh as i understood it there was talks like it, it, it kind of broke the internet for a day or so and it was about all these different fantasy matches and what could happen. And it really just seems to come down to talks that were happening previously just to kind of keep Daniel Bryan in to let him do some New Japan dates because he wants to. That seems to be the genesis of it. Uh, people acting like, oh, it's still ongoing. Maybe. Not really. Like, it seems to be like this was something that happened and the story broke after the fact. That said, that kind of story happened before with, like, Disney buying Fox. And then they went, oh, there's interest in that? Let's pursue it again. So for all we know, there could be talks happening with WWE and New Japan. And I'm sure there always is these kind of things. Like, WWE has been working with others. They're showing impact footage. They're doing other stuff here and there. They're not afraid of other companies. They know where their position is. And sometimes they rest on their laurels, but they're also getting billions of dollars. It's a thing. So my question to you then, CT, with the stuff with New Japan and WWE, I guess the, the point blank thing is, do you like the idea of this for what you could see? Like, we don't really have any other thing aside from Brian involved. But people, of course, went everywhere with it. Like, oh, Kata and Roman. Probably not. But for the realistic aspect of it, getting Brian to do some dates and some trade back and forth. What do you think on that? It really depends how it goes. Brian, if you want Brian to be basically what Moxley was, where he comes over, does, let's say, five dates and, like, maybe a G1, right? Like... Yeah, he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. I would love it. If you want to have, like, ROH did and have an NXT championship match in the Tokyo Dome or an exhibition mm -hmm. NXT tag, that'd be great. I don't really want to see, like, Okada going, going over to, like, SmackDown. I don't want, you know, I, I really would prefer they stay separate in that sense. But if you focus on the wrestling and you have, like, good stuff, you know, peace and love. I did like the zombie matches, but at Backlash, <laughs> I don't really need these zombies in my New Japan Pro Wrestling. But, like, they have an, a tremendous amount of talent. If they're willing to send guys over and have that working relationship, you know, good on them. I'm I'm down for it as long as it doesn't affect negatively the booking of New Japan. And if, I, I'd much rather them team with WWE than AEW. So, yeah, that's what now, we're at. If we are talking like the Brian and stuff, it'd be these guys kind of cutting loose for the New Japan audience. It wouldn't be their WWE style, and yeah, he's one of the best at the WWE stuff, but it would be over on their style over there, so Brian getting to cut loose a little more than he normally does, and whoever else would be involved in that, yeah, that'd be pretty great. That would be pretty awesome, so I definitely would like I to mean, see that. I will say, I think people are downplaying, like, how big of a deal. I think even the fact that they reached out, if it is just even about Brian, and actually mm -hmm. had those conversations... <clears throat> feels rather unprecedented, at least in like the modern era. Yeah. We've seen this company be very against working with anyone else, really. I mean, NXT worked with Evolve, but then they bought Evolve and killed Evolve, right? And like <laughs> you have pro like progress in some of the UK shows on the network, and you know, you had Liger come over doing NXT, but like it's very interesting to me that they even consider this. I think like that is big news <clears throat> on its own. Well, those shows you mentioned, like the progress in ICW and those over in uh, WXW in Europe, those are essentially, the way WWE even looks at it, those are feeders for NXT, which are feeders for on SmackDown, or you want to call it all three, evil, whatever. But you know what I mean? That's kind of what we get with that. So they're not treating those like competition, obviously. But New Japan is a worldwide competitor to them. Like, at one point, New Japan was the biggest company for wrestling in the world for a while, and it was, like, matter of fact. And the fact sure. that they would reach out to them just because Brian's, like, had like to, that's speaks volumes for Brian and for the company. And like we've heard them talking about working with MLW as well and things like that. So the fact that they're having these talks after Triple H is like, oh, we're open for business. Oh, yeah, they're never going to do that. Oh, it turns out they have looked into it. And I know it goes both ways because MLW even said too, they're not going to do it just so they can have some guys show up here and there. They want to be able to benefit from it just like the other. They don't want to be feeding people back and forth. And, I mean, look at the other the other companies and how they've been working with that, it's a little bit of that. Um, I think the other question, though, for the rest of the guys, Beer Me, Red, and GMSG, you've heard CT talk about New Japan for quite a while. Is there anybody that stands out that you'd want to see in WWE or what Like what you like of this deal? Red, will go to you first on that. I had uh, I talked to CT the other day when this all started popping up, and I, I can't remember the guy's name, but apparently there's a comedy act over there. Yano, Toriyano. 
and I wanted him to go with R Truth because I figured comedy act, comedy act. I think we can have a very entertaining match. I guess that silence tells you what CT thinks of that. <laughs> well, well, I mean, the, to be yeah, fair, R Truth does really good match matches to of late. I am a fan of one of those men, and I'm <laughs> not a fan of the other. But you know, it, it, it depends how it goes. I'm not going to say yes or no to that. I mean, it's a comedy act. It doesn't hurt anything, really, I guess. Yeah. Bear me, how about you? Uh, I'd like to see Okada come over and wrestle anybody. It wouldn't matter who it was. I've mm -hmm. seen him live. He's amazing. He's great. You were Zach at All Saber In, Jr. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I was at All In. Zack Sabre Jr. would be great if he would come back over here and do some stuff. G.O.D. Just give me G.O.D. Throw, throw whoever you want with them. Have them come over and feud with the Usos and Roman. That would be great. I would be down with that. Give me that. Give me all, give me all of that. That's yeah. what I want. And uh, GMSG, Beer Me kind of gave me the segue to ask you, you want to see more of the uh, head of the table get his family together? I mean, the guy I share my birthday with, Tama Tonga, even tweeted out Bullet Club versus the Bloodline. Have Haku and G.O.D. as boys versus Roman and his boys, the Usos. Supposedly distant relatives because of The Rock. Who knows if that's actually true, but <laughs> I would love that. I mean, you could have Seth Rollins versus Abushi. That would be awesome. Yeah, there could be some, yeah. some awesome <laughs> stuff awesome. in that. Like, the, well, I mean, hey, it's, it's, get Walter involved. Okada, Walter. I, would, I mean, I would, oh I'd take it. Oh, my God. Ugh. That's Jeff, a new dream match right there. Jeff Cobb versus Keith Lee. Yeah. Also, if you want if you want to replace Haku, throw in Jacob Fought 2 instead. And let's just yeah. get a big old, get the MLW big old stuff thing going, going yep. dude. Get the MLW. Yeah, dude. I mean, that, dude, you can do so much with all three of these companies. But like you said, they're, the other companies aren't going to do it if they don't benefit pretty if they don't come out looking really good on the other side mm -hmm. too and i don't know if i don't know how that would work i don't know exactly what kind of relations that they've talked or whatnot but also i've heard that nick khan is like speaking cons nick khan has been uh talking a lot like backstage and all that stuff to the other companies mm -hmm. as well it's not just vince it's him too trying to pull some strings but at least that's what the reports are i don't know yeah and but, you don't think there can only be one con in wrestling Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> there can only be one. Well, that, it's not some con man from Florida or from California. <laughs> that that right? was that was the segue I was going with because talking about what they would do and like the fact that we've got the WWE network and multiple broadcasts through the week and pay per views, and then you've got New Japan with New Japan World and their touring and how they operate and MLW with their tapings and how they operate. It's not just a matter of you know put some talent on that show, put some on that show. You look at what New Japan's done with AEW and Impact specifically. CT then gets to watch those matches on New Japan World, <laughs> like they—they—that's they, part of the deal. But if you you know listen to Nick Khan of AEW, um, sorry Tony Khan, I got it wrong. You give me the wrong Khan. Too many Khan. See, we got to get rid of one. Uh, Tony Khan of AEW with his promo. More on that in a second. Uh, the way he talks about it is, well, WWE's talking about all this. I'm getting stuff done. We've got a title defense with Moxley, and he won, by the way. That's what he said in the promo. And he's got this and this and this, and he's got all these guys coming over, and it's great. And we, we like, I mean, he won because the storyline was he was going to win. What, what are you talking about? And, oh, you've you got talent to come over and cross-promote. Neat. That's likely minuscule compared to what WWE and New Japan are talking about as far as for deals and having talent like Daniel Bryan appear and be a focal point of blah, 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 blah. Uh, CT, though, I know you're a big fan of that Tony Khan promo. You want to you wanna touch on generous. that? I don't, I don't know. know what he did. To, I don't know how much money he gave you to call that a promo. This guy needs to shut oh, up. He's yeah. horrible. He cannot <laughs> speak. Like It was to the point where like I genuinely was like, I, I don't know what is wrong with him, but he genuinely just cannot like competently speak in front of a camera, which I don't get it. It's really atrocious. I will say I'm noticing a little trend with AEW. They keep coming out with these promos. Cody did it, and now Tony Khan came out with these divisive promos. All of a sudden, Cody says he has a focus group. All of a sudden, Tony Khan says he asked New Japan for wrestling, which I guarantee you is literally just he texted Rocky Romero and said, can I do this? Mm -hmm. Like... All these people really like running their mouths, but then as soon as people say it's stupid and it came off bad, well, it's not their fault that they said it. You know, it's up to the other people. Yep. But no, this was <laughs> this was laughably bad. Like if I was New Japan for wrestling, I'd just be like, yeah, we're done. We're done with this. Let's let's move on. <laughs> and the fact that he cut a promo on the actual 
WWE executive who is not an on-camera person in any sense of the word. It's like, I, I, I just don't get it. He's a mark. He's having fun playing with his toys. And, like, he, he had that promo against Omega that was a rambling, incoherent mess. He's going to be on Impact, actually, this week to sort out the situation with the triple threat or whatever with Callahan and Moose and Omega. It's, get him off TV. He can't talk. <laughs> Let him do the deals. He's getting the deals. He's spending the money for the theme songs. He's doing all the stuff, but... Don't don't give him a microphone. Don't. Might be the worst authority figure in wrestling. Could be right now, possibly in history. But I'll just say right now, like <laughs> he, he it's it's embarrassing for AEW. Like genuinely, this company and it has plenty of flaws. Every time he speaks, it makes them look like just idiots. It makes them look like chumps. It's horrible. Like well, it's again, he's he... the most unthreatening, uncomp incompetent person to ever speak on a fucking microphone. And he comes off, like, he tries so hard. You can tell he's really giving it his all out there. You know, oh, I'm mm -hmm. calling you out, Nick Khan. I'm doing something. And it's just like, oh, my God. He's doing something. It's probably not even the best business deals. Like, it, it, that is a lost leader, that company, at this point still. Like, they're spending more than they're making. They have to. But he's fine because it's okay. Uh, that, it's ridiculous. It's, it's sad. It's crazy. And speaking of AW, we can talk about their promo or their uh their pay-per-view because we watched that that was a while ago and we're not going to run through the whole card there's 10 goddamn matches on this thing it was ridiculous but noteworthy it was in front of a full crowd which was kind of surreal um not the first full crowd they've had like the dynamite was not it there's wrestlemania and other thing like stop saying aw's the first ones guys but it was still pretty impressive to see as we all agreed the hard camera was in the wrong spot uh, that was a, a, a unfortunate problem, but overall the whole card was really good. Did I think? Uh, was there anything that stood out to you, Red, during this that was like good or bad? What was your favorite stuff about it? Because we've had two weeks to think on it now, almost a week and a half. Uh, I'm still thinking about the Adam Page versus Brian Cage match. Oh yeah, I mean they kicked off the show with that, and the crowd got hot right off the bat. I think it was a great placement of the match. Mm -hmm. uh, other than that, I was really interested in Cody Rhodes versus the Go-Go. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the car was just blah. I mean, the matches were good, but nothing exciting, if that makes it better. Uh, I get you. I mean, we've, we've, you've, you've heard us talk, and Red's had that opinion sometimes here and there, and I'm like, what? No. But I get you. If it doesn't get you, it doesn't get you. That's fair. Uh, bear me. I'll jump over to you, because I know the world title match, even though we knew it was going to happen, you and I both were like, oh my god, Cassidy's going to get the pin. He's going to win the title, right? <laughs> Exactly. I really thought they honestly had me. Like mm -hmm. it was insane. I thought Castillo was going to win it, even though I knew going into the match was no way he was going to win it. But they did get me. The interference was all right in this match. You know, Don Callis with Omega. I don't. I say overall, this pay per view that they put on was one of their better ones up to date. Mm -hmm. uh, up to date, there isn't a really wasn't really a terrible match on the card. I didn't like Agogo and Cody. It felt weird, and the, I don't like the Bucks, so I don't really care for their matches. But everything mm -hmm. else on the card was solid, and uh, hey, the Doctor's the new women's champ, so that rules. Mm -hmm. CD, how about you? I've been quite critical of this company, but I think this show easily is the best they've done. Mm -hmm. uh, Paige and Cage was, you know, really fantastic. Um, the Sting match, I think specifically Sting's performance really impressed me. Um, I mean, there's definitely their flaws. I think the Go-Go-Cody match was really misplaced and misbooked. Um, you know, I was not a big fan of the main event. I missed the world title match, sadly. Uh, but no, I mean, overall, this was solid. It flowed. And again, I mean, with every single one of their pay-per-views, you can say literally no one almost died. Like, no one was, like, hanging for their lives off scaffolding. So, like, it's not the worst they produce. So, like, yeah, I <laughs> thought this was actually, like, I thought this was a competent, if not... Dare I say, for an AEW show, call me crazy, a good show. So, you know. I mean, Ethan Page tried. He did throw Darby Allen into the freaking crowd. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. And Sting, he, I mean, he can work around like no one. It was it was pretty great. Uh, but GMSG, what were your thoughts on this one? I know we had some issues, like the Bucks, was a, that was a pain, and the Stadium Stampede was kind of a slog in some ways, but people loved it. What was your thoughts on this? Um, Page and Cage were great. Yeah. I loved Miro and Archer, but most of the card kind of felt like they were doing the same stuff they did the show before there was interference in almost every match again like get producers seriously change things up for once let's coordinate um, what each other's doing kind of thing yeah and also if you're promoting other companies ta titles 
don't hit someone in the head with all those titles and then just don't do much with the actual title of your company. Like, you're shitting on other companies. Oh, yeah, the line, because Omega used the, the the world titles, he used the Impact and the TNA, then the AAA, and then picked up the AEW, and the commentary was like, no, don't don't ruin the sanctity of the world title. It's like, he just ruined the sanctity of three other world titles. Shut up. <laughs> like, come on, have some respect. Yeah. Definitely one of their better shows, but of the year, there were so many other shows that were just a little bit better than mm. that, or way more, because there were some great ones this year. Oh, we bad. Yeah, and we didn't talk because uh, Serena Deeb and Riho was the opener. That was a lot of fun for the women's title, NWA women's title. And the Battle Royal was actually a lot of fun, too, with some surprises, some new guys. And Christian and Jungle Boy at the end was a lot of fun. Uh, I really enjoyed that. The whole thing was pretty good overall, honestly. Uh, the big surprise probably, though, was Mark Henry debuting as part of the commentary for, what is it, Rampage? And is a trainer. <clears throat> and he's just like Big Show. People thought, okay, he's going to be WWE forever. Nope. He's over there. And they asked him, you're going to be in the ring? Oh, maybe. And he left. He had the theme music too, which means Khan's probably going to try to buy his 3-6 Mafia theme from WWE or something. But Are you guys surprised to see Mark Henry? I mean, that's the stupid question. We're all surprised he went there, right? Somewhat. After Big Show, I'm not like, you know, jaw-dropped shocked. But, you know, I mean, I didn't predict it, you know. So, yeah, it's good for him. Uh, you know, he's in a company that will do something with him. And, you know, good for him. Mm -hmm. uh, now, I did mention NWA. I'll just touch on that briefly. Because they had uh, When Our Shadows Fall, which was a weird pay-per-view name. Um, it was back to the fold with the NWA pay-per-views. Just kind of two hours of some solid stuff. Like, JTG and Fred Rosser was just a solid little match. And Camille won the... Uh, women's title but I think I know we both liked it a lot for the tag matches those are probably the, some of the best stuff on the card right yeah we're big fans of the end the end and uh, La Rebellion I think it was Mecha Wolf and Bestia mm -hmm. yeah they were a lot of fun yeah and then sadly it just kind of ended with a fart again because Nick Aldis is being that kind of champion where he's not winning clean and th that bugs me that's old NWA style but Ah, well, we'll see what happens from there. And Kylie Ray made her return there, and there's some cool stuff there. And heck, we'll mention it because NWA is doing a pay per view, and this is a segue to other stuff. Well, trust me, we're getting to those releases because they announced their 73rd anniversary coming up in August, and an all women's pay per view, executive produced by Mickey James. So yeah, people are starting to show up here and there. Can I quickly ask you and bear me a couple questions about NWA? Oh, absolutely. I have two questions. Yeah. Number one, Nick Aldis is about two months away from hitting a thousand days as champion. Yep. I, is he? Do you yep. guys think he's going to hit that? He's at nine sixty, I think they said right now, or nine. Yeah. Oh, so probably even a month then. I think it's. it's yeah, I think it's I about think two months. I forget it. what they said, but yeah, he. If he makes it the seventy third anniversary, that's August, and he's probably going to drop it there. Is my and that'd be over yeah. a thousand, and that that's the next sense. pay per view. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. The second question is more subjective because, like, NWA, I think at one point was positioning themselves to be one of the top companies, indie companies, maybe not indie, but smaller companies, non WWE companies in America. And since this uh, fight deal, mm. feels like they've dropped off quite a bit. And I know both of you are, like, probably two of the biggest NWA fans I know. Do you guys think that was a good move or bad move? Or, like, how do you feel about, like, this company that you loved, how do you feel about it now? I don't like the from paywall. Like <laughs> yeah, I don't it's, either. They, they got a multi-million dollar deal from Fight, which was great for them. Cool. Um, but I would quite honestly be rushing home so I wouldn't miss as much as I could on Tuesdays to watch it because I worked till 6 and it was on at 6.05. And I'm like, oh, I'll catch up with it. I want to see, I want to see. And then I would watch it because it's free on YouTube. And yeah, the money's probably going to be a good influx because let's be honest, every wrestling company needs it right now with the pandemic. But whether or not they do that for the next season or they do some kind of free version because i mean believe me they've probably felt this too and realized oh the chatter's gone down it went free and now it's not we're making money but we're not making names i gotta think there's gonna be something in there bear me what do you think we didn't exactly. even talk about that during it but i think that's gotta be yeah. it right oh yeah i, I agree 100 percent with you i'm not big on the like it's not big on the paywall but uh, i think they will eventually go back to a free version because like yeah like when, like when it came out Everybody was hyped. I mean, I'm still hyped. I still like the product because they do all the little things well. If you watch like the last pay-per-view, you go back and watch it. The commentary team is just excellent. I don't know how to explain it. Like, it's the best commentary team around. It, it's insane because uh, it was Joe Galley, Tim Storm, and Velvet Sky. And yet Galley's doing play-by-play. -play, 
And then Storm mentions something about this the brutality of the attack. And Sky jumps in immediately to build upon it. It's like, these guys are working flawlessly. This is great. <laughs> like, go back go back and watch that Aldous and Murdoch match after the match when it cuts to them. Like, you see Tim Storm. He's pissed. <laughs> like, Velvet Sky, she's crying. And Joe Galley is just shaking his head in disbelief. Like, what the hell just happened? Like, it's it's oh. one of those things. It, it's the little things, you know what I mean? Like, it really gets me. That's, that's what NWA does. They do all the little things right. The tag triple threat for the titles. Uh, we basically had the two heel teams yes. beating up on Aaron Stevens for a while. And they even set it up where Stevens and Kratos were, you know, they're not going to be together. It's not going to work out. It was the flip of that. They actually bonded during that. But they had the two other teams beating up on Stevens the whole time. But then when one would go for a pin, they'd hit the other off. It's like, all right, all right, all right. And they'd keep going. It was the best version of that triple threat formula I've seen in a long, long time. And yeah, I, I would love to be watching this on the regular. Absolutely. But I'm, I don't want to pay their, what is it, like $10 a month for that? For No. It's, yeah, when it was free, American, but yeah. you don't do a free product and then say, I'm going to charge you now for the same thing. That's just, that's bad business. <laughs> Sure, you got money to do that. Cool, good on you. But I'm sorry, when you gave me this free for what a year and a half, two years, ah, uh, it's. I mean, I think it was long. It wasn't even that long. Forgive me, but you just don't do that. And they price themselves out by doing the same thing because it's just NWA power. It's the same thing. So, so yeah. So CT, if they bring it back, absolutely, I'll be watching again. But yeah. I hear the quality is still good. That if that's the real mm -hmm. important part, is that, that's good. Yeah. <clears throat> the last pay per view wasn't that great, but that was their first show back. They didn't even have anything leading up to it. This one they've had tapings in between, and then the pay per view, and they've already taped stuff since. So it felt like they were back in the groove, and they had fans back too. So. I'll, I'll say the only bad thing about the pay per view probably was Tyrus. I mean, that guy's yeah. just not very good in the rig, but he's, he's all but right. Hey. That's his gimmick. Almost, yeah, it feels like right. <laughs> right, it kind of does. Hope it's still great. It doesn't help though that they lost a few guys though during like the pandemic too. Oh coming yeah, back. Yeah, they I lost mean, a lot of big names. Yeah, Eli Drake was kind of their guy, well, obviously, and no, he's gone now. So, and plus the passing of Joe Cephas, you know, he was like the biggest fan favorite there was. By so. the way, you know how they have the flags hung up? They had the Mongrovian flag hung up along with them. So, that's pretty mm -hmm. awesome. But uh. Yeah, it's the product's there, but they put a, a paywall in front of it, which is sad, regretfully. Over to the the releases, like I said, we'll, we th we talked how Mickey has joined up with the NWA, uh, which, I mean, her husband is Nick Aldis. That makes all the sense in the world. Mickey's going to do a pay-per-view with NWA, and oh yeah, Mark Henry went over, sure. Andrade El Idolo is on AEW as well, and he's looking good. He came out positioned very well. I, I think regarding that, and he said he wants to be the faces of AEW, which they all say. But what? Because he was rumored to go everywhere, and he still might. Let's be honest; he he might bounce around. But uh, Andrade and AEW again. I'm going to say it. We're not really surprised, right? Nobody's really shocked by this one. No, nope. didn't think so. It's <laughs> it's. Uh, I mean, it's a good move for him. He they'll they'll they will yeah. use him well. I think more in that sense. Could he have gotten stuff elsewhere? Could he have been elsewhere? Yeah, but this is still like, like it or not, it is the number two in uh, American wrestling. So it's very good for him. It's someone that they'll be able to position well and run with. So, I mean, he's no Alberto. Do you think they're going, uh, think they're going to position him well? I mean, I like well, all these that's signings. That's a you different know. story. How, how many of these surprise signings are like not just at this point people on the roster? Yeah. Miro, Ding, and... Is there another I mean, one a, even? I mean, he's a former WWE guy, so obviously he'll be positioned well. Most of sure. them have, except for like Sean Spears. Well, my Fair favorite, enough. my favorite line. Warden actually said this because um, it's not that AEW is getting the castoffs; they're actually harvesting the crop before it was ripe. And I'm like, that's a good way to put it because some of these guys weren't getting the proper. It's a hard thing that, but they weren't getting what people think was the proper fair shake. And whether or not that was correct or not is something else. And here they get the opportunity. Cody Rhodes himself, that's part of why he left to do his own thing. And that's where we're at now. And the Bucks and blah, blah, blah. So Andrade in that position, yeah, kind of follows suit with that, right? In in some ways. So 
seeing him there isn't much of a surprise, I think, and it follows suit with that. That that does bring us to the next set of releases, though. We almost went live right then and there, because it was like, oh god, look at the names. So let, let's work our way up, and then I'll, we'll just kind of get people's opinions here. Uh, Santana Garrett, who was like NXT a little bit, and then was in the Rumble and got called up and never really made it to the main roster much. Fair enough. Ruby Riot, Riot Squad, very unique. A lot of people loved her. In the middle of a tag team, seemed like a weird thing. Lana, kind of say the exact same thing. Maybe not work rate-wise, but seemed well-respected, well-liked by everybody. Also, Miro's wife. Buddy Murphy, which, the best-kept secret, that was his gimmick, but that's unfortunate because it was kind of real. Alistair Black, who on Friday... <laughs> kicked Big E in the head during his title match and then had this Dark Father gimmick leading up to it and then, boop, gone. And, yeah, former Universal Champion, homegrown talent, Wyatt Family alumni, Braun Strowman was released. Um, yeah. Jim and Steve, let's go to you first. What's your thoughts on these names being released? Uh, Braun was a huge shock. Black, he had a year off, basically, but that was still shocking. Rest, not so much, but uh, it sucks. Because now these are like even bigger names than the last one, and it just keeps getting a little higher and higher. So, I mean, they're definitely going to land anywhere. Like these ones, 100%, they're going to get hired by someone. Lana, her husband is in the TNT champion right now in AEW. Ron, he's literally the most athletic giant out there. So, he's going to get hired. Oscar Black, everyone loves him. First of all, I didn't even know who Santana Garrett was, so that's as much as I know. But, I mean, you got Ruby Riot, Lana, and Black that were literally on TV within seven days. I mean, they all had... Black didn't have a match, but he was seen on TV. But Lana and Ruby had matches, and it's like, damn, you have a fight one night, and then tomorrow you're fired. Uh, Alistair Black... Hey, hey. I don't know. He's kind of stuttering. His character was really big in NXT, but it seemed not to really fit with uh, main roster, and that could have been a COVID fatality. I mean, he might have been big in front of a crowd if he kept building, but because like, I remember when he first showed up, he was doing well in front of a crowd. I mean, he had the weird thing with the coffin and all that, but after that, he got injured, if I'm not mistaken, and that's why he took off. But Braun's the biggest surprise of all. I mean... You were booking this guy in the world title match, what, a month ago? Two months ago? He had a huge win over Shane McMahon at Mania, and then you drop him. But based on rumors, it's because of his contract, which, if they're true, I mean, they're rumors, but if they're true and he was getting paid what he was getting paid, I can see why they did it. It's a big thing. And I watch a lot of NFL. It's a big thing this year, cutting money down. So I can see why they had to cut him down. I don't think he'd go anywhere else. I think he's basically told everybody WWE took a shot on me I'm not going to turn my back on them so I could see him returning in the next help I could probably see him returning by the end of this year maybe before mania yeah the the rumor there just to jump in on that is his he was basically his contract was too expensive which I'm a Bret Hart fan and all about that uh the the thought there is like similar to when Mike Kyoto was the referee that was released last year it's like it's a headcount thing. It's a, it's a money thing, and they've got to cut costs somewhere. If we cut this one out, we don't have to fire three others in your place. I know we talked a bit about it, uh, people behind the scenes. We, we discussed this last week, obviously, when we were talking about it. And well, what if they just got rid of people equivalent to bronze salary? Well, they still look at it and go, we're paying him too much. So it's a matter of him getting paid too much. And good on him for sticking to it, if that's what it is, like... If, if, that, if that's what the rumor is, then cool. He stuck to it, and that's where we're at, and we'll see where that goes. But let's keep going through here. Bear me, what's your, your thoughts on these guys? I thought it was weird that they released Braun. He was like their big, homegrown, like, giant. You know, like, Vince loves those guys. It was shocking to me to see him go. Will he be back? Will he go somewhere else? I mean, he is young, and he said he wouldn't, but we all know how that ends up sometimes. Alistair Black was a big shocker to me. He was just feuding with Big E. Well, it looks like he was going to feud with Big E, and then from what he said, he was eventually going to get the title. But that was a big shock because he had just came back. And Ruby Riot to me, was really 
saddening because they lives now the only member of the riot squad left and i honestly thought they were going to win the tag titles next and probably talia and tamina they needed women on that roster they only had like i think seven active women on the smackdown roster right now Mm -hmm. like kind of thin over there and you just uh you just released ruby like i don't know what we're doing but it's sad I don't, I don't get it, but uh, I mean, hey, budget cuts, I do get, so yeah. it is sad, it sucks. I mean, I guarantee you all these people that go, and if they go somewhere else, they'll all be, they'll all do really well, mm-hmm. and I have, I have no doubt about that, and I wish them all well, and uh, hopefully we'll see them come back one day, because well, that would be amazing. It is interesting, too, because you mentioned how you thought, like, the Riot Squad were going to win the titles, and Black pretty much said he was going to get the U.S. title, but they were waiting for crowds to come back first, and Braun is a perennial world title guy now. And hell, Lana was kind of in the tag title hunt also. So that's damn near all these names, or at least three of them, four of them were in the title picture actively. So that's how we see them. But I mean, if if it's corporate and whatnot, and I know a big part of the the money, because I'll I'll say this again for people who think it's just a matter of the WWE being the most profitable ever year, they can just pay these guys. Well, not if they don't put that money into the talent budget, they can't. That's how that is, but CT, um, we've we've talked a lot about this with positivity and stuff from some of the guys coming out of this, and like we've gone on about Braun, like like Jeremy said, Braun is their homegrown guy, like from the ground up, custom built to be this guy, and he's always delivered. This is it's kind of insane, right? Yeah, it's madness. Um, I feel pretty safe in saying we're one of the most positive WWE podcasts probably out there. We give them. A lot, and I mean a lot of slack. And I'm not going to debate, you know, the business side of it as far as why did they need to cut costs? Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. They need to do it. You are going back to crowds. You are going to need to sell tickets. Yeah. I don't think it's a good idea when someone you've invested with, invested in for years, who is there, who is a confirmed draw. I don't really think it's a great idea to get rid of him. But, you know, maybe that's just me. Um, I think you look at this talent and it's undeniable i think every single one of these people really are talented murphy's incredible black incredible uh braun really good for a big man um you know and they got rid of them all so that's you know yeah i guess you're prerogative i just don't you know we talk all the time about like what are they doing for the future and the rumor is they're bringing back brock and it's just they're continuing to use these bandages and eventually Brock is not going to be wrestling anymore. No. Eventually these old people are not going to be coming back to sell these tickets. Cena's not coming back. Goldberg is not coming back. You're going to need new stars and you keep releasing people who could be big stars. You're really like, I just, I don't get Braun, especially cause like at least black, right? I think he's incredible. Um, I saw him and Gargano live. One of my favorite matches I've ever seen live in NXT. who was fantastic. He never at least found his footing on the main roster. Braun just beat Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. He had the world title one year ago. You know, like, he was there. He had all the tools. And, you know, luckily it sounds like none of them are necessarily left in bad faith. I know Black came on and said thank you and didn't shit, you know, much to the dismay of uh, Twitter. (laughs) But, like, I, I just, this company needs to be thinking for the future. They need to be building. They need talent. And they just keep getting rid of talent. And I get that you have to cut heads. But eventually, you know, you it, it just is illogical booking-wise. And the women's division, I mean, it was thin to begin with. And now they've released multiple women since, you know, it was thin. It just it, It's two sides here. They're trying to have a wrestling company. And they have to book. And they have to obviously do wrestling. But then you also have the corporation side. And I think we're seeing this really horrible relationship between the two to where eventually it's just going to become self-destructive. The corporation's going to get rid of the talent and get rid of the people's will to see these things. They're going to lose money because they're not going to have draws. And eventually that's going to make it, it's just going to be self-destructive and it's going to self-destruct. I don't see it, you know, it is so frustrating, but that's just, I think the path where eventually on, maybe not in 10 years, maybe not in, you know, five years, maybe not in 15 years, but eventually this is going to bite them when they don't have any stars except like three mm-hmm. and they won't build more stars. Um, well- you know, but good on them. You know, good on these wrestlers. They're talented. They're going to do great things. Braun is the only one I would say worried about because I genuinely don't see a company where he would be good. Um, not that he wouldn't be good, but like you do need a level of talent. You know, a certain talent to fight him. And I don't think any roster necessarily is that deep other than WWE for him. But like Murphy can go off become Impact World Champion. You know, 
I have, you know, no doubts there. So, like, everyone is good at least. They'll be fine. But, you know, we'll see how this goes for this company. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm losing faith by the day. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, like, people talk, oh, we're AEW haters. Well, no, we'll hate everybody equally, but we'll like it too. Like, if we try to look at the positives on this. And I think the last couple rounds of releases have really shown people that, it, you know, it's not the end. Like, everything from Cardona going to AEW, then Impact, then GCW with Nick Gage. And, like, he's making business wherever he can. And it shows you can do it. And that's, you know, Zack Ryder for people who are, are, are not paying attention to that. These Some of these names are bigger than him, but he's making himself be bigger. And it's, it's a matter of just being your own business. It's fine. And why WWE would not want to be in the Braun Strowman business, I don't understand. Especially when they're going to have fans back in a month. And, like, he's got, like, the, the get these hands catchphrase. His merch sells. He's consistent. He's quite literally larger than life, so that when a live audience sees him, they're like, oh. Like, it's all the things you want to draw people in. He, he was their guy last year at WrestleMania for the last second replacement for Goldberg. He had to drive back a whole day to replace Roman against Goldberg. They could have picked someone who was there because they were taping at their performance center like over three days. They got him back, and then he carried that title for until August, basically. He's their guy. So something must have happened. Something must be going on. It's not conspiracy, though, because he had positives to say. Nobody's burning bridges because they know what's what. It's just weird when fans are coming back that this guy, who's been custom-made through NXT, kind of zoomed through that, and has been main event, essentially, doing everything from comedy with a kid as a tag champ to the mixed match thing with Alexa. Like, I just, I just don't get it. It, he, he can he can do it all. He he is their future because, like I said, he's still young. It, it makes no sense. Black, well, their roster is a bigger draw other yeah. than Roman. I mean, genuinely, I Drew is the only other one I could see an argument for. Who else is that big of a draw for them? Charlotte Flair. I think Braun's bigger than Charlotte Flair. Yeah, but he's, he's <laughs> but Charlotte is one of the bigger sure. the way for the women's division. Yeah, Charlotte. Um, for sure, because yeah, Ray is not there yet. Oscar. Eh. I, I can uh, Sasha if she when she comes back. Sasha coming. is Bailey. Because Becky when she comes back. Yeah, Be- no, Becky is. You're right. Yeah, Becky's one of those names. Yeah, I mean Seth is up there. Cesaro. Well, I mean he's got a ways to go. Uh, uh, the Fiend. The Fiend. Yeah, but th- we're talking names who aren't actually right there right now. So it's uh, and Braun right. is. So yeah, like they'll be back, but that's the thing. You look at. Alistair Black, I was going to say, and Andrade and these guys who were like just killing it at NXT as their champion positioned to go far and then they might get a US title if even that and then go elsewhere. Uh, like Black has even already said like it, we're not we're not done. Like well, this is we're just getting started. So if people are like, "Oh no, Alistair Black went to AEW. He should be part of the Dark Order." No, just cuz it's dark doesn't mean it is dark gimmicks. I mean, yeah. Whatever. These guys are good enough. They can do anything. Black could probably go back to England and run a company. Like, be the figurehead for a while. Just like Drew did for a while. These guys have futures. And it's just weird that they're not with WWE because it makes sense for all of them. Uh, it's it's odd. It's a very, very weird situation, I think. Braun just makes no sense. We forever will see that gap in his tenure at WWE. If he even ever goes back, you never know. Like I said, if he just stuck to his guns and said, we want to pay you less, and he went, no. Okay. <laughs> no guarantee in your contract. Fair enough. That's where we're at. That's that. So that is the big crazy news. Braun Strowman is released from WWE and, you know, and the rest. Not to downplay them, but it's Braun freaking Strowman. That did break the internet last week. We almost went early just because of that. But the rumor was more were coming, which is why we kind of waited. And I've heard a secondary rumor, because more didn't come, that it's going to be an ongoing thing. And, of course, that leads to the rumor that it's up for sale. But I've already seen new rumors saying, no, it isn't. So, who... Yeah, who knows? <laughs> At this point, wh- what? Like, if, if CT's, like he's saying, they're going to implode down the line because they're not doing these things, yeah. It's going to be a matter of new people coming in and setting the ship right. And you just look at how they run their own stuff in their company. And NXT seems to be doing everything that WWE isn't doing right. Well, we can say that. The sooner you bring that over to the rest, the better. That's happened for other companies and situations as well. That's part of what you got you the Attitude Era, because they copied the magazine format for Raw. <gasps> Maybe it happens again. I don't know. But let's let's finish off with a few last things. We do have 
NXT coming up because we're we're talking about this as NXT has ended. Uh, in your house is this weekend. I think the fun, crazy aspect of a five-way for the NXT title. I, I just want to mention that briefly because we haven't had a match like that since what the four-way with Brock, Joe, Roman, and Braun uh, at SummerSlam. What three years ago? This is going to be fun, right? Like, I, I love the one-on-ones, but I sometimes want some chaos. Uh, Bear me, are you with me on that? Oh yeah, pure chaos. That's why I like it. It's gonna be. It's gonna be nothing but like pure, pure chaos, pure chaos. Oh, it's gonna be awesome. Can't wait. I'm gonna be the hated guy. Meh. How so? I mean, why? Why? I'm kind of on board with you. Where I want to see the one-on-one. Like right now, I want to see Karrion Cross versus Adam Cole. I don't want to see these other three guys that have been getting shot after shot another sh- chance. Because we've seen them all go for the world title once, except for Kyle. I think I don't think has Kyle. Gone? No, he went for Finn Balor. So yeah, yeah I I want Karrion Cross versus Adam Cole. I think that's the match marquee that's probably the biggest out of the five. But we're all going to get one on ones with them in the match, and then while everybody else is sleeping on the outside, so that... we'll get a moment where it's going to be. Cole and Cross, and I'll be all happy for it. You do have a good point there, because when Cole was champion and Cross debuted, he was targeting Cole. He was targeting the champion, and eventually became Keith Lee. So the fact that we're finally getting them in a match in this five-weight seems kind of uh, like they're wasting it, because Cross versus Cole could have been a big deal one-on-one. I mean, don't get me wrong, it still will be, because they'll position it that way. But it is an interesting thing. Uh, CT, what about you? Yeah, I'm here for it. I mean, normally I like more singles matches for the titles, but it's always fun to have a little bit of chaos here. I know you mentioned that. I know at like Fastlane we got a six-man at one point when Styles was defending. We haven't really seen this in NXT since mm. the Fatal 4-Way with Neville, Kid, oh. Zayn, and Breeze, which, you know, is, was yeah. quite a while ago. So I don't, I'm here for it. I think it looks great. I think it looks fun. Um, pure chaos. And I think it does help a little bit because, I mean, the first defense is always a little bit predictable. Here there is, like, at least it's crazy enough where, like, theoretically, Cole could pin O'Reilly or whatever and, you know, win. You know, there's a little bit more stakes here than I think if it was just one-on-one. Yeah, because I think the smart money was carrying Cross was going to retain regardless of who he had because they seem pretty high on him and they're not going to pull it off him right away. So, eh. But now it's a five-way. Well, who the hell knows? <laughs> Three people can beat him up and two others can go finish the match. So, it's... it. My math was wrong. Ignore that. But you know what I mean? It, it's interesting to see what can happen with that. I'm very, very curious. Uh, does anything else, CT, sticking with you? Anything else on the card really catch your eye, though? I mean, the Million Dollar Championship ladder match is obviously going to be quite fun. I like both those men quite a bit. Hmm. Um, I think on paper, this we, I mean, this is going to sound worse than it actually is. I think this is probably the one of the least exciting takeovers I think there's been. But like the fact that the card is still that good looking is you know seems quite um you know it's it's good it's good on the uh, brand right that's something. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, yeah, I think it's probably is one of the weaker ones on paper, but like it still looks like it's gonna be a good show. So that's good. GMSD, I'll go to you because I know we've had the same kind of thought. This card looks kind of random, but myself. I'm excited because of that, like CT was saying. like That makes me go, okay, let's see what we got. What do you think? Well, I think the thing is, it's because that main event has all the like main top single stars. Mm-hmm. So, like, usually we always had, oh, Cole has a match, Gargano has a match, Pete Dunne has a match, oh, Riley's in a tag match. Like, we're used to those guys carrying matches and building them, but they're all in one match. So, like, Mercedes and Xia they've had very little experience at takeovers. That's new. Bronson Reed, MSK, and Phantasma, all of them have had somewhat light light experience with TakeOver, so this is a new stepping stone for maybe a new era of NXT. Mm-hmm. And has two of the titles in the one match also. The North American and Tag are both involved in that, so it's not two matches, it's all in one. So Yeah, speaking of chaos with that. <laughs> Red, what, have you, what are your thoughts on this card overall? I'm going to piggyback off CT. I mean, the match, all the people on the card are going to be great performers, but the matches are just bleh. I mean, it seems like this is a throwaway pay-per-view. I mean, a lot of the matches seem to be going one way. I'm more looking forward to if they have NXT around SummerSlam, because I think in front of a crowd, they're going to start doing some moving around and have some bigger matches. Now, to, to piggyback on what you've said before about these, though, pretty much everything here is new somewhat. So has that got your interest? Because I remember we were talking about WrestleMania. Some of these were things we'd seen before, so they didn't really catch your eye. The last TakeOver particularly, so... 
does that at least have your interest here or is it it's it's people that don't have your interest in the new situations is that part of it I mean, if i want to go down i'm not a fan of the 3v3 all titles uh raquel versus ember moon I, I, ember moon supposed to be a tag person with shotzi but I, I don't know what the situation is with that mercedes Zaylee, i'm really I, okay if I am excited to see something I don't know anything about, it's this one. You like Tenshi, right? Or whatever they call it, yeah. I, I'm I'm more intrigued about what's going to happen with it more mm -hmm. than the actual person. Because like, it's part of that mystery of you not knowing what's going to be next, and I kind of like that. Yeah. And the million-dollar uh, title? Yeah, Cameron Grimes, Ellie Knight. I mean, we talked about it before. Who the hell is heel? Who the hell is face? <laughs> like, you don't know who to root for, because either way, it's like, can there be a third person in this match I want to root for? Like, I, don't get me wrong, the match will probably be great, but you don't know who to root for, and I'm really, I'm hoping to no contest, and I want a Million Dollar Man to just go up the ladder and take the title from them. Just say like he's the one to root for, Teddy Biasi, yeah. And now, that, that's an interesting thing, because they do seem to be both heels, and you're saying you don't know who to root for, you're not just going to pick one? I'm Like I said, Teddy Biasi an option? Um... <laughs> If I had to pick one, I honestly think Ellie Knight's probably be the better choice, just so Cameron Grimes can chase after it. Yeah, he he seems to be better off when things are not going his way. That does seem interesting. I dig this pay per view because, like I said, it is really random, and those are usually like the best ones. I mean, the Fatal Five Way is going to be insane. Uh, Zaylee and Mercedes Martinez. Uh, it's furthering some story with Zaylee and stuff. She's going back in her past and stuff, which is kind of cool. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, the winner take all is cool. I like that. St I like the stip because uh, it adds a little bit more of intrigue on who's actually going to win. I'm I'm down with that. And uh, what else? Oh yeah, the million dollar million dollar title because Cameron Grimes straight to the moon if he wins. Or we got La Knight. Yeah, who's yeah. amazing. <laughs> so that'll be really good. But yeah, it's, I think it's going to be a killer pay per view. Oh, and Dakota and uh, Ember Moon will be uh, pretty solid as well. I think it'll be really good. I think it'll surprise a lot of people. I'll catch you there. You said Dakota. That's happening tonight, isn't it? You meant uh, no, Raquel. not Dakota. Yeah. Shoot. No, that, yeah, that just Raquel happened. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ember. Yeah. yeah, I'm pointing yeah. it out. Yeah, I'm doing it. I'll, yeah, I'll call it that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this is this is going to be one of the last shows along with Money in the Bank for WWE without fans because they're going to, uh, or, or not Money in the Bank, Hell in the Cell because Money in the Bank will have fans along with SummerSlam at the very least. Slammiversary is going to have fans. Ring of Honor's got best in the world with fans. AEW's already got them back. I know CZW's doing it. Uh, New Japan, well, they, they've been back and forth with there. So everybody's pretty much back with fans now, as far as I'm aware. Even NWA had it. So we're back with crowds. The, the, the world's coming back. Finally, when they tape stuff, we'll know the dates of when it happened for people like me who like that kind of thing. Um, as, as that's happening and the world's reopening back up, I know CT even kind of mentioned this, but it seems kind of weird seeing people just out and about. Nature's healing. Uh, wrestling has survived this. Uh, this is going to be interesting. They look back, and I'm sure we'll we'll talk about it more in the future when we really look back on this COVID era for the year and a half. Um, and I, I kind of want to throw it out there for for next time because we are going to do a little bit of a Q and A here with one question, and we hope to get more. But I, I want to ask people for next time because this is this off the cuff. But of the COVID era, do you think this has been like an a good thing or a bad thing the way companies had it or what do you want us to kind of comment on during that anything that kind of caught your eye let us know the uh, top of the card pod let throw us some ideas and we might discuss that down the line we'll see what we can do but let's let's go to that q a here red we've got one question if you want to take charge of that one because for those who don't know red does run our twitter so red will be the one seeing these and red if you want to take charge on this piece here Oh, yeah, we uh, we sent out a tweet earlier today. We had one response from one of the guys in our FPL, RGX. Uh, he wanted to know, what is our favorite current finisher, and what is the worst? So, uh, Scott, what are your favorites and worst? Uh, let's see. Ooh, we are hitting the hour mark, so we're into sudden death. Doesn't mean we're going to jump quick, but I want to kind of think quick. Um, My favorite current finisher? Oh, uh I always like the high impact stuff, the the spears and that, but those are always a bit basic in, in their own way. Um, uh, like the, the the worst. Sorry, CT, it, it's Pete Dunn. I don't like the bitter end, but that reminds me of things like the Dominator by Farouk, where they kind of flop them down on their front. I've never liked that. 
that that's the only reason it just doesn't look good the impact on your front doesn't look as good on your back so like that kind of move i've never liked as much but the worst finisher i got that one it's carrying crosses forearm to the back of the head because <laughs> that's all it is Damn it. you took mine it's all that's all it is well i mean it could be a lot better the best finisher is kenny omega snapdragon and his v-trigger oh wait he doesn't use those as finishers. Um, honestly, the one that always gets a good reaction out of me, this is going to sound silly, but I really like when Cody does the crossroads well. That one always just looks great. It's impactful and it works. I never thought I'd think that one, but I'm blanking on others, so I'll probably say that's the best one because it's, it's pretty solid. Of course, I'm going to think of more as we go. I've not been thinking like these guys have uh, for the past <laughs> hour. Um... I can't believe I'm saying the crossroads. No, no, I got it. Buckshot Lariat. I love that clothesline. That just looked, that's so flippy and cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying it. I just Shit. love that move. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> All right, CT, what about you? Your worst and your best finishers. Uh, worst is everything Cross does. Cross has the worst finishers in NXT and WWE, and it's not good. And it looked like he definitely needs something. He's It's always like hype. Oh, he's going to kill a guy, and then he never really kills a guy. But, you know, whatever. I have three for the best, and they're all from WWE, actually. I looked through their roster. I focused on them. Uh, Cedric Alexander's lumbar check is mm. awesome. Uh, Jake Atlas's cartwheel DDT is awesome. And Tony Nese's running knee in the corner is awesome. Those are three great finishers, and they all look brutal. Jimmy uh, G, worst, best? Uh, to me, the best is like the Blue Thunderbomb with Sami Zayn. I love the spin and slam. Um, but I also like the End of Days a lot by Baron Corbin because no one kicks out of it. It finishes it. So it's nice. Um, for worst, because they do it so much, they ruined it for everyone else. Young Bucks doing the super kick as a finisher. Like, really? Like, yeah, I guess... I can see they overdone that. it. Mm -hmm. They overdid it too much to the point where it kind of feels useless to kick someone in the face, which you would think that hurts a lot. But bro, you're like so yelp. You're like a yelp. He has a sudden death kick. No one kicks out of his super kick because he's been kicking trees in Canada all quarantine. <laughs> no, I, I know Beermy's favorite is the figure eight, but I'll let him tell you guys. No, it's 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 not. But it's also not <laughs> the worst finisher. The worst finisher is uh, Lacey Evans' women's right. It's just a punch. Same thing. Just, I don't like it. Uh, my favorites, I'll give you three. Ember Moon's Eclipse. Moose's No Jackhammer Needed Spear. And, oh man, I just had a bomb-ass one. Alright, well, never mind. I'll give you two. Those are two. I'll think, I might think of it next time. But, you know, those are two. I heard you so yell when I said the buckshot. Yeah, that was one. That was one. I had to think of another one, and I had one. And it's, just, <laughs> oh, I can't. It's escaping me, and I, I, it was really. Oh, the RKO. Natural selection. You can hit it out of anywhere. It's it's the yeah, RKO. Yeah. You can hit it out of anywhere. Those are my two. I, I mean, I like all of y'all. Um, I was gonna go with the worst of a woman's right because the punch, but I guess I'll go to a different female. And this isn't picking on females, but uh, Bailey to Belly or Belly to Bailey, however it goes. I I really don't like. Uh, I think it's just very simple. It could be done by anybody. And that's where my best comes in. I really like Corbin's end of days. It's a lot of moving parts that all have to be done correctly for it to look right. And if it's not, you can tell really quickly. And I think he does it very well. Um, I, I will say this just because I'm biased. I do like Alexa Biss's uh, twist. I can't even think of the name of it right now. Her Twisted Bliss, I believe is what it is. Mm, off the top yeah. rope. I enjoy watching her when she does that, but I'm biased. Um, could I also say I'm not a big fan of the Styles Clash? It takes too long to set up. Just kind of say it. Yeah, I can see that. It's yeah. I mean, that's, I can see how it takes too long. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you like the RKO. It's bam, there it is. And that's yeah. like the the buckshot, um, the Claymore, Brian's running knee. I like the high impact. The first thing I said was a spear. So yeah, it's this the immediacy of wham, got him. That's those are my my favorites easily. So having can, getting can to think you of you guys talking about or, it. <laughs> can I ask you guys questions or kind of do a Q and A? Can I ask you guys what your favorite submission finisher is? Sharpshooter. No, I mean like currently. <laughs> currently, currently, I know you're. I know you're like. Well, I know you're. So nah, Natalia the scorpion. The scorpion's all right, but um, Natalia right. does it. Nah, it's just not as not as good. Um, 
current submission. I mean, probably Brian's yes lock. I know he's just left, but I'll still count that. But Roman's guillotine, nobody gets out of that. He puts you all to sleep. I was going to say that one. Sure. It works on big guys and small guys perfectly. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if this is considered current, but uh, Brock Lesnar's Kimura lock. I'll, I'll allow that because, I mean, he yeah. might be coming back. So. That's a good shout. I like the hurt lock quite a bit. But no, my mine would oh, yeah. be the yes lock, but I'm going to go with hurt lock because I want to be unique. <laughs> that is pretty good. Uh, I like the bank statement. Oh, that's a good Flash one. Banks, there we go. mm -hmm. That or uh, I also like Britt Baker's lockjack. <laughs> She actually sticks her hand in your mouth, so it's it's weird, but I like it. The disarmor is really good, Becky's. I was about to say disarmor. Yeah. Like, yeah. when it's done right, like against Bliss, it looks great. Oh, because she can like mm -hmm. make her arm come out of her socket. It looks messed up. Oh yeah, yeah. that. <laughs> the first time I saw that, I freaked out. <laughs> uh, do you want to keep going then with some historic ones then, just to round this out? Because yeah. I mean, we're here. I, I mean, I'm. I might with your impact moves and then Beermy's out of nowhere. Stunner. Stone Cold Stunner. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Owens, come on. Yeah, 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 but a Stone Cold Stunner just seems more impact, more out of nowhere. And uh, I mean, he's the original, so that's going to be my pick. Uh, Ace Crusher. Um, and Diamond mm. Cutter. And, and uh, yeah, all-time is probably like, you know, Tombstone. I got a, you know, the Sharpshooter. Those are my oh, two. Yeah. The spinoff GMSG's Shawn Michaels super kick. Great. Great finisher. Out back of then, nowhere. yeah. Looked great. Yeah, yeah well, we're talking yeah. about back then. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the last ride, in my view, could be considered a finisher because goddamn, does he lift them up high and slam them down dead. It was. Yeah. For the period, it was his finisher. Absolutely, yeah. And Bear Me, what uh, about your all-times? Probably uh, Razor Ramones, Razor's Edge. Oh, yeah. And uh, also, just because of the name, uh, Billy Kidman, when he was in the flock, he did the Shooting Star Press, but he called it the Seven Year Itch. It was great. <laughs> uh, those are like two that I always uh, always liked. Oh, and uh, I like Sting's uh, Scorpion Death Lock and his uh, Scorpion Death Drop, either one, because I was a huge Stinger fan as well. So, those are some of mine. Well, I think. I think we'll take it from there and close it out. But bear me, I've got to ask you, um, who who was better at it, Sting or Brett? Oh, Brett. Okay, good. <laughs> We're okay. Yeah. You're, you're, you're still on the show. Uh, <laughs> Nobody, right? Nobody's nobody's better technically than Brett. I mean, you know, technically wise, it's it's tough. What it's do you solid. mean? What do you mean by that? I mean? Natalia comes close, but you know we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, right? Yeah, Natalia, it, The Rock, The Rock, you know? Oh, <laughs> it, it is easy to do a sharpshooter very badly and very wrong, and The Rock does that. He just twists the legs and he stands right. there, sitting on air. It's like, ah, come on. You learn from the hearts. God damn Anyway, um, we'll call it there, because <laughs> we rambled just a little bit, but that is our, our sudden death, our hour. Uh, thanks, everyone, for joining tonight, and... Thanks, everybody, for listening. Again, throw us those ideas or those questions and comments for the pandemic era because it is coming to a close. Do you, are, are we going to miss out on cinematic matches because it's been a bit of a while? Do, do you miss them already? Stuff like that. We'll talk about that at some point. Who knows? We might get 18 releases tomorrow and then four new pay-per-views the day after that. So we might have some stuff to talk about next week or next two weeks. We'll find out as we go. But until then, for everybody, I'll take it out from there. Thanks again. This has been Top of the Card, Top of the Card Pod on all your streaming situations. And... I mean, CT, I know I'm, I'm closing it out, but I got to go to you. Are we, are we on Apple yet? Or are we still waiting on that? Is that still the one holdout? Are they not? They're not tapping uh, that, are they? I have I have been in contact with both Apple and <sighs> Anchor. And apparently there are various system issues with Apple because they're switching over their podcast thing. So we're not currently there. God. They are aware of the issues, but they've also said that they don't have an answer when it will be because there's some it's, you know, complicated, apparently. So. Well, stay tuned for CT's Tony Khan style promo against the Apple. <laughs> well, we'll have that coming as soon as we can, and it will be there. But we are on the other stuff uh, in the meantime, so check us out there. Top of the card pod, and of course, Frontline League as well. Thanks again, and have a good night. Hasta luego. <laughs> you were too quick on that one. That was definitely in. <laughs> and now, <clears throat> excuse me. Cobb seems to be the one he's going for, right? <coughs> we'll redo that. Oh, no, right. Ibushi. Oh. <coughs> oh, fuck. Oh, man. My throat just went out. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh. <coughs> oh, damn. Oh, no. It really did. It's dry. Yeah. <coughs> Ooh. I'm good, but hold on. Oh, no. Man, you sounded like Mia. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah. that one episode. <laughs> just, Holy uh, fuck. No, it's just dry. It, that's all it is. Oh, I'm drinking. I need a second. Holy shit. I hope that's all Damn. it is. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh. A medical emergency on top of the card. We'll put this in the, we'll that's... put this as a blooper at the end. Holy Christ. Right. Yeah. Man, Can't Scott not. got his, uh, Scott got his I got my vaccine yesterday. Shot, yeah. Just in time. Oh, God. <laughs> Only got my first one though. I gotta wait till September. Shit. Um, gotta kick out Scott. Come on. Woo! I don't want to be the first eliminated. That was great. God, <laughs> good. Good on you, CD. Was you were gonna keep powering through it? I'm like, no, no. I'm dying. I'm gonna cough through the whole thing. Stop. <laughs> you gotta be professional, you know. 